and what do you know? Welcome, everybody, to an emergency episode of After Further Review. I am your host, Alex Hale, the advocate for Baker Mayfield. I know what you're already thinking. Oh, my God, he's really going to defend Baker. In a way, yes. In a way, no. Um, This is an episode that I have long talked about and I have long feared doing and one I've never really wanted to do. I'm done. I'm done with being part of a fan base that wants to lose, that enjoys being a loser. I'm talking to a bunch of you, a bunch of you. The past 24 hours since this Browns game against the Steelers, where they got throttled, they got their asses kicked. There is no question about it. This team got their butts handed to them. On a silver platter, Baker got his ass handed to him. Odell got his ass handed to him. Miles got his ass handed to him. The O-line got their asses handed to them. This is exactly what happened. There is no being around the bush of what happened. But we need to make sense of how this happened. And the first thing I see every time the Browns lose is Baker needs to go. When when the Browns win a game, the first half of the Colts game, which was a week ago, we were saying, oh, my God, he's back. I'm wondering now, was he hurt before the half and it got worse as the game went on with his ribs and that's why he didn't play well in the second half? Was it the play calling? There's a mix of problems that, a young, inexperienced team is still getting used to. Stefanski's still a rookie head coach with a rookie OC, really. I mean, and Van Pelt. Um, and then the defense is okay. It's been not break. They don't really have playmakers there. So that's questionable. Steelers kicked our butts. That team has been together for how long now? What do you expect? They're stable. We're going to be firing our coaches because the fans are going to ride if we don't when we go 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight this year, potentially. Or, God willing, we go 10-6. and six. They're still going to call for Stefanski's head because they're going to say he does not have to call plays. We should be 14-2. and two. Nothing is ever good enough for this fan base, and I'm done. I-, I am fed up with being part of a fan base where you can't enjoy a moment. You know, I said last week, it's on the Pittsburgh. I admit, I was in that mentality of, okay, good win against Indianapolis on the Pittsburgh. Well, because it was goddamn Pittsburgh. If it was literally any other team, maybe Baltimore is the exception. Because Cincinnati is not really there yet to where I really would have that mindset. But it was Pittsburgh. F it, let's be Pittsburgh now. I think we all got a little bit ahead of ourselves, and we got punched in the mouth. Okay, it happens on the next week. But this fan base, I'm just going to say, you love to lose. You want to be losers. You want to be at the draft every single year looking for a gosh darn quarterback, praying to God it's one of your Buckeyes who have never produced a successful quarterback in the NFL. How's Dwayne Haskins doing now? Oh, wait, he failed too. And we're going to get to why 
I have a feeling Justin Fields is not going to be successful in the NFL. And it has nothing to do with talent. It has literally nothing to do with talent. It has everything to do with where he goes to school. And I'll explain that in a minute. But getting back to Browns fans, you are so dumb. And it starts with the media. The media is beyond some of the dumbest people in the world who play to the lowest common denominator. Tony Rizzo and Aaron Goldhammer play to, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Stan the man. Stan, Stan in Brooklyn. They play to him. Old fart who's seen it all who keeps wanting to relive the good old days. He wants to live back in his 1960s Browns. His 1980s Browns were back in the good old days. You know, that's not what we play to. It's 2020, y'all. Get with it. Ken Carmen and, honestly, Emmett Golden might be two of the only examples in Cleveland that are realists. And don't play that lowest common denominator. And quite honestly, in terms of Ken's humor, he could play the lowest common denominator, but he doesn't. That's why he's the best in the goddamn city. Everyone else sucks. And yes, I'm talking about actual friends I have in the Browns media. Love you, Gerard. You play the lowest common denominator. You play in the NFL, and you rightfully know how to do this, and I respect you for it because it gets you ratings. It's why you are where you are. They love you, Gerard. But you play the lowest common denominator. You play to the triggering points because I was with Bill Belichick. I know how a system's run. And honestly, I agree with you on some of those points, but you plan that way too much. And Baskin Phelps, they're another bunch of old farts who won't retire. Mark Munch Bishop, another old fart, won't retire. Tony Grossi, old fart, won't retire. Mary Kay Cabot, old fart, won't retire. Where are you going to go and let new people? I mean, this is why I listen to like Crunch Time with Caitlin, the Dogland podcast. That's what B said. They bring up logical points to everything and they don't panic. They don't play the lowest common denominator. And to steal from that's what B said, the Dales are literally those people that are the lowest common denominator. I wish they could all root for the Steelers because I don't want them in the front. The Browns, screw it. They're the frowns. You love the frowns. They aren't the Browns. You, they're the frowns. Oh, boo! We lost again. Let's all get drunk and go to an zero and sixteen parade. Yay! McNeil's throwing another stupid parade. Woo! And I'm just gonna say all this. I warned y'all three years ago, if this backfires, it's karma for that parade. How y'all doing, you idiots? I told you karma was coming. Karma was coming to get you for that. But you wouldn't accept it. So enjoy being four and two and miserable. Yes, the Browns played like shit. But it's not the end of the world. You still have 11 games left. Well, 10 games left. We're still in double digits in games left. Guys, calm the bleep down. 
like, I don't understand. Who hurt you? Who hurt you? I don't know anymore because I quite frankly have given up. I, I, I can't give myself a headache every single Sunday dealing with you losers. Like I can't anymore. And to the good ones, you're not included in this. This isn't all Browns fans, but this is about 80% of the Browns fan base. You want to lose. It's why you can't handle when the Indians are decent or even good. You can't handle going there because it's not the Browns and you don't know how to win. It doesn't compute with you. Even when LeBron was here, you didn't understand what it took to win because it doesn't compute with you. All you know is losing. You are programmed to lose. So every time you lose, you go back to that comfort feeling you've known your entire life. It's psychology 101. You've been programmed to lose. It's all you know, and you love it. You love going back to it. And it's okay. But y'all need to start saying, we want to lose. We need to lose. I need to be miserable so I can bitch about something else than my miserable life. Like, you know, I'm going to tell you guys a story. Last year, I went through a really down period in my life. Um, I, I, I shared this on social media. I tried to overdose on sleeping pills. That's how depressed I was. And when I did it, I regretted every second that I did it. And I prayed that I would wake up and I'd live a happier life. The next day I woke up and I was so happy, but I was shaken. It took me about two weeks to realize what happened. There was so much toxic energy in my life that I had to start taking it out. I had to start getting rid of it. There were some personal friends of mine that I had to distance myself from, and I didn't want to, but they were toxic in my life. I had to get rid of them. I had to find ways to just move on, and it wasn't easy, but I did. I had to refocus my life on my goals in life, my job, my career. And figure out, what do I really want to do? Uh, Can I take pride in what I'm doing? And I did. I did find pride. I found new things at the job that I learned that I actually have continued to grow in and embrace and become really effective for my workplace. And, And I'm very proud of that. I decided to get rid of all the toxic energy and bring in the positive energy. Browns fans don't know how to do that. They won't learn how to do it because they're a sad sack of losers. Sorry, truth hurts. 92.3 isn't going to tell you this. Love you, Ken. You're not going to tell us this. Emmett Golden, your bosses won't allow you to do this. You love to lose. You're losers. You want to run Baker out. And you want Justin Fields, even though I would say if you want to run Baker out, then forfeit the rest of your games, be in position to get Trevor Lawrence and trade everything again, pull a Sonny Weaver Jr. I mean, I I don't know. There is no answer. I'm going to tell you from a draft analyst standpoint, and for those of you who question me, I've been doing it for eight years. 
This is year nine we're going into. I know what I'm talking about. Three quarterbacks, the top three, should be gone within the top 10 picks. Maybe even top five. If teams really believe in Trey Lance, which it's going to be the draft process that determines that. Justin Fields will be gone in top three. My my mock right now, Jets go number one and take Trevor Lawrence. The question really becomes, is Washington in the top five? Is the Giants in the top? If it's Washington, they're taking Justin Fields. There's nothing you can do. He's gone. And then you have Panay Sewell from Oregon, the tackle. Trey Lance will fit in somewhere in there, maybe Jacksonville or something, but you're not getting the top three. So who are we looking at? Zach Wilson, Kyle Trask, um, Brock Purdy? Oh, come on. Come on. If you really think those guys are better than Baker, then having Baker go through an actual offseason with Kevin Stefanski, which he didn't have this year, mind you, you're out of your minds. You're out of your goddamn minds. You completely lost it and just admit you want to lose. It's okay. When it comes to Justin Fields, though, everyone's talking about it. I want you all to watch that Clemson game again and realize Clemson finally brought pressure on him. Pressure he had not seen all year. And what happened? He had an admirable comeback because that's the competitor in him. But so did Baker against Georgia. So if you're going to use, oh, he did that, well, Baker did the same thing against Georgia and played a better game. One interception all year, he threw two against Clemson. He faced a real secondary and a real pass rush for the first time ever. Now, here's why I'm saying that. Ohio State could produce a a quarterback. Who knows? Maybe Justin Fields is going to raise those concerns this year. But this is what he needs to do. He needs to show me when he faces actual defenses, which there are none in the Big Ten, that he can produce. So that's why he needs to get to the college football playoff more than anyone. He needs to get there to prove it which I don't know if there's really a defense in college football that really outside of Clemson is going to be much of a challenge for him, but for the Ohio State offense in general, because the the offense of Ohio State in terms of pure talent is so head and shoulders above everyone else. It's like, I, I can't even think of, you know, it's like the varsity team playing the freshman team. It's not a match. They don't have the athletic ability. They don't have the playmakers. They don't have the coaching staff. Ohio State is that much better than everyone else. For Now, wideouts will play one-on-one against cornerbacks. Linemen will play tough defensive linemen. Linebackers still got to make their plays. So that's why everything else kind of fits for them to build successful players. But the quarterback is a completely different animal. And the way Ohio State's offense is run is if the run's going well, the pass is going to open up. Sounds familiar, right? Now, you may say, well, hold on a minute. You just helped the Browns out. You made the case for the Browns. No, I haven't. 
because he never plays any defenses. Name me a good defense this year he's gone play. Don't say Penn State. They don't have Micah Parsons. Sorry. Try again. Wisconsin? Really? There's no one on that team. Uh, what about what about uh, Michigan? Michigan's got to have players. Oh, wait. Jim Harbum is the head coach. They're screwed royally. So now you're looking at a scenario where he's not facing anyone. In fact, I'm pulling up the Draft Network's top, top uh, their big board. I, I want to just go over something with you. Micah Parsons, we have to remove from this because he's not playing. He's opted out. Let's see. Out of Big Ten players in the top 30, I see in Ohio State, Justin Fields there. Uh, let's see. Oh, I see an offensive player from Penn State. I see an offensive player for Purdue. I see Sean Wade, a defensive player for Ohio State here. Um, I see Wyatt Davis, another Ohio State player. I see Rashad Bateman, but an offensive player from Minnesota. Number 30 overall is Josh Myers, an interior lineman from Ohio State. The 31st player is a Michigan player. There are no Big Ten players defensively in the top 30 that don't play at Ohio State that are playing this year. You know what that tells me? Ohio State's that much better than everyone else. You guys can love to hear that, but that's bad news if you're Justin Fields. That means you should have a cakewalk. And I'll say this, if he plays bad, <laughs> he may be QB4 when this is all said and done. And he he can't screw up. Like, literally. Like, I'm looking at SEC and ACC. There's so much more talent. Trevor Lawrence faces Caleb Farley, Gregory Rousseau, uh, Quincy Roach. I mean, he's playing guys all right. Marvin Wilson. I've named you four in the top 30. Not one for Justin Fields. Not one. The talent gap is so wide, he doesn't face anyone. That's why when he played Clemson, he struggled. You can say it's the injury. No, he finally faced a real defense. And he got exposed. He ain't the answer. He's going to fail. Unless if he proves me wrong. Prove me wrong this year, Justin. Show me how good you are. There's a reason you only threw one interception last year. He ain't your savior. Not every Buckeye can save you. The drought will continue. Sorry, not sorry. Call me a hater. I just pointed out facts for you. I'm not a hater. I look at the board. I look at how it plays out. And I look at why it works out that way. It's logic. Learn it, Cleveland. You're four and two, and yet you want to bitch about everything. There is no answer. You gotta ride or die with Baker. You're gonna be probably losing OBJ or Jarvis in the offseason. So if you don't draft, you know, defense and wide receiver, you're doomed anyways. So you'll be top five in 2022. I mean. I don't know what to tell you anymore. I mean, you guys just want to complain every time they lose. Tony Grossi doing victory laps on Baker probably was jerking off in the press box, seeing Baker stink. He's rooting for him to lose. If that's your bias, 
you need to retire. Reporters cannot be biased. I'll say it again. Reporters cannot be biased. Tony Grossi's always been biased. Mary Kay, I'll give her credit. She's not as biased as she used to be. But the fans, no, run Baker out. This is why no quarterback ever wants to play for you. They see what you say. They hear what you say because people tell them what you say. They realize how toxic it is here. So they don't want to play here. Josh Rosen said he didn't want to play here. There was a reason by that. You can say, well, he's a bust. We didn't want him anyways. Sure, fine. He still said it. A first-round bust said he didn't want to play in Cleveland. Look at yourself in the mirror. You're losers. And that energy is toxic. These players hear you on social media. They acknowledge you on social media. Say, oh, we can't be the problem. Yeah, you can because they do acknowledge you. They do follow you. They do see you. They hear you. You're toxic. This is why OBJ is going to demand a trade at the end of the year. He doesn't want to be in this toxic waste dump. He's going to want to go somewhere he can flourish. Where people will respect him and not after one loss be all doom and gloom. Because I bet you the players feel it after one loss, it's doom and gloom. They're going to hear it. Because you're toxic. You're four and one. The best start since Bill freaking Belichick was here. I was a toddler. But just admit you are lovable losers. Please, end your misery. I'm trying to be a psychologist for you right now. You know, I, I once learned it from, from having a psychologist. Try to figure out what's going on in your own head in these moments. Think about what you're thinking. What are you thinking in this moment when the Browns are getting throttled? Oh, I want to drink bleach. And, and you say it as a joke. That means you're the lovable loser deep down. You enjoy making that joke. You are a lovable loser. You like it when Daddy Cowherd complains about you and talks you down so you can yell at him. You like it when the Steelers beat you down and put you in your place. You like it. When the Ravens beat you down and you can complain about Art Modell more, even though that was 25 goddamn years ago. Get over yourselves. And to the older fans, get a grip. Bernie Kosar was not that good. That defense was elite. They had an outstanding running game, an outstanding run uh, O-line that complimented Bernie. Does that sound familiar oh it sounds like exactly what the browns are trying to build now bernie was not special bernie was not special bernie was not special i'll say it a million more times bernie kosar was not special otto graham was special but yet we sweep otto under the rug and praise bernie 
Oh, because he's one of us. Oh, God. You want to know what? I'm going to say this. Cleveland Brown, the Cleveland Browns are the University of Michigan of the NFL. Gets us. Michigan man. Bernie Kosar is our hero because he's from here. The Michigan man theory. Jim Harbaugh is our Lord and Savior and head coach because he's from here. You are the Wolverines of the NFL. I'm going to say this five times because you need to be beaten down into this. You are the Michigan Wolverines of the NFL. Actually, let me rephrase that. The Cleveland Browns are the Michigan Wolverines of the NFL. The Cleveland Browns are the Michigan Wolverines of the NFL. The Cleveland Browns are the Michigan Wolverines of the NFL. The Cleveland Browns are the Michigan Wolverines of the NFL. The Cleveland Browns are the Michigan Wolverines of the NFL. Accept it. Accept it. Accept it. You love to lose, and you are Michigan. And I know I just pissed off all of you, and I really don't give a crap. I quit on Michigan. Because Jim Harbaugh is toxic. He's divided the fan base, and he can't beat Ohio State. You guys are toxic to your own fan base, including the media. And quite honestly, you enjoy losing to Pittsburgh and Baltimore. To all you that are complaining, look, you have every right to be mad about the play. To quit? Get out. Go root for Pittsburgh. Go get your Juju Smith-Schuster jersey. Go get your Ben Rapist burger uh, jersey. Uh, Get everything you want from the Steelers and go root for them. We don't freaking want you anymore. And Jimmy Haslam, when you listen to this team, to these fan base again and fire everybody, probably at the end of the year, because knowing you, you listen to these fans like sheep. Um, I'm, I'm done. I, I'm just done. I don't care anymore. I work Sundays. I I'm freaking done with y'all. You're losers. Accept it. That's all. Good night, everybody.